Hi, I'm Laura Boswell. And I'm Peter Keegan. And there, as ever, is the talented Mr B on sound. Welcome to Ask an Artist. Need help to take the leap and become a working artist? The sort that actually gets to make art and pay the bills at the same time? Well, we're both that sort of artist. We pay our bills and we do it by making art. Every week we'll be using our personal experience to give you help and advice in making art your proper job. So on this episode, we are discussing the artist's website, a crucial tool, and we look at how to set one up, what it can do for you, and how easy it is to keep it relevant. So we both use websites, don't we, Laura, for our own we artistic do, practices? Indeed, but yes. we do them in slightly different ways, or in certainly we recreated them in two different approaches. Um, I started my website myself. So I mm-hmm. knew I wanted to create a website as a place for artists and other people and collectors and buyers and all that to find out about me. And I decided to do a bit of research online and spoke mm-hmm. to a few artistic friends to find out how they did it oh, as, as, as a bit idea. of research yeah. and, and started to build it myself. Now, I thought it, would, it was going to be a very difficult enterprise that I needed to be mm-hmm. fully equipped with jargon and technical ability but I was really surprised at how relatively straightforward it was to build it uh, from scratch mm. so essentially putting the pages together so you're not trained in IT or anything no like that, oh gosh right? no 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 kind of knowledge or ability in that and I think it's it's good for people to be aware that you don't need to be a technical expert or an IT guru there are great sort of providers website providers and companies so basically out there. templates that you can then make your own absolutely and mm. or in the in its simplest case, all you would need to do is choose a template, which is sort of a format of the website, you know, a couple mm. of pages of your of your work, a bit about you mm. or maybe a contact page. And you just fill in the blanks. You drag in your photographs. So it kind of holds your hand through. Absolutely. It can be as simple as that or yeah. an incredibly technical experience. And I've mm. built, I'd say, four or five different websites, mm. um, partly linked to my work and partly linked to others and work very effectively. Excellently. And uh, I'm in complete control of mm. that whole sort of enterprise. So um, I know you kind of started a little I did mine very differently. I mean, I'm very lucky in that the talented Mr. B has a talented brother, Mr. S, Simon, and he built my website for me. But what I did was to sit down with a glue stick and a pile of paper and I made a paper pattern of the website. So That's very vintage. I things. drew up... Um, the pages and what buttons I wanted on them and made linking arrows from page to page. And basically what I ended up with was a big pile of paper that was the website on paper. Mm. Now, I thought that was quite a sort of crazy way to do it because I had to have technical knowledge. And I got talking to a lady who designs websites for major fashion houses. And I said, ha ha ha, I did this. (laughs) What a crazy idea. And she said, no, no, that's how we do it. We sit down with a client and we make paper models. It's like how they do magazines in a way. Exactly. So I didn't feel quite that bad. And actually, it was really useful for Simon. And it is a good tip if you are approaching someone to design a website for you. It gives them a really concrete idea of what you're looking for. Mm. And you don't have to be have it on a screen. You could literally, like I did, draw it out and use glue stick to put pictures in place and things like that to give them a visual for what they're designing. Yeah, they need to see your clear visual intention because it's got to sell and represent you to the best possible way. I mean, my website is a little more complicated in that it has a whole section that people don't see, which manages my accounts. It keeps track of where my pictures are. Uh, It does delivery notes, things like that. So it does a lot more for me than the uh, person looking at it would see. Yes. But yeah, 
there are two different ways of uh, of doing it, and both are equally valid. I think yeah. your your root and mine is both. I think one well. benefit of sort of perhaps doing it the way that you did it is you know you're you're just relying on somebody else to make it work, and if there's yeah. a problem or a glitch, yeah. a technical issue, yeah. it's not your problem actually to deal with it. It's it's no. sort of their job to do no. that and to make and it also, work. And also, you know, I I mean, I I'll ring Simon up and say, oh, wouldn't it be nice if it did X, Y, or Z? Mm. And he'll then run with that and come up with a, a fix for it. So mm. it's a constantly evolving mm. site. But of course, potentially some of the downsides that maybe there's a, there's obviously a cost implication because you yep. are you know paying somebody to do that for That's you. That's right. And I have spoken to a few uh, people before who, when they have worked with a company, mm. immediacy isn't necessarily top yes, priority. That's, that's really important, I think. If you are not going down the route of using your brother-in-law that you can ring up in the middle of the night, <laughs> then you do need to be very careful that the company you're using does make it easy for mm. you to access them and repairs and corrections and things like that yeah. are easy to do. Whereas I'm lucky that I can sort of log in at any time of the day anywhere in the world and I can quickly yeah. change and edit uh, you know even using my mobile phone and you I must have, there must be sort of technical support on yeah most sites yeah, are fantastic and yeah. if you are stuck you can mm. ping a question to somebody and they'll answer it either straight away through sort of an online chat or uh, mm. through the telephone or they'll get back to you within 24 hours so now we've established the ways of doing of developing a website um why are we doing it what's the purpose what why should you have a website because a lot of people you hear oh websites are dead and I don't actually believe that at all. No, I think, I mean, in this day and age, I don't think you exist if you haven't got a website. <laughs> I mean, particularly if you're, you know, trying to become a professional artist. I mean, I don't know about you, but if I want to find out more about something, whether yes. it is a shop or an event or, or, or an item that I want to buy, I will go on the internet and try and find out yeah. more about it or to see if I can have direct communication with that said product or event. If you're not online, you, you don't exist or there's no, certainly not I mean, I think with some with some artists when you start looking at them you'll get directed to a social media platform and things and that's that's okay but it doesn't give you an overview it gives you lots of little snippets because mm. that's how social media works whereas a website the value of that i think is it's a more considered presentation of the artist mm. and it groups things in one place as well yeah. which it's, i think is quite important it's sort of the opportunity for you to state your case. Yeah. This is who I am. This is what mm. I do. Mm. This is why I do it. Take a little look around and see if you like it. It's sort of your, it's your little virtual shop. It or is. your little your virtual gallery that you're inviting mm. people to to have a little look around and and also it's something that um, is is speaks of you as an individual. Social media is a format mm. that everyone has the same format basically, but a website is your chance to have um, a place where your work is grouped that actually says something about you as an artist as well. Yeah, the way the, the way it looks. You the mean, way it looks, yeah. yes, visually, the way it works. Um, you know the style of it all sorts of things like that it's also a chance for you to 
get your identity across you know we've talked about sort of your persona but also you have an identity in terms of maybe the fonts you choose or the colors you choose the way you oh, yeah, lay yeah. things out that kind of it's thing so you can set out this is your branding and this is your identity Absolutely. kind of from the outset Absolutely. and of course if you keep that consistent with mm. whether it's printed literature or the way that you advertise and market yourself if it's all consistent that just strengthens your you know your overall branding as an artist it certainly does it was really interesting that talking uh, to a, a few gallery dealers that when they have that first introduction mm. of an artist one of the first things they will do is type their name into Google and to look at their website and to see yeah. that range of their work. And of course, if if you're not there, yes, it looks a little odd. Yeah, and well, you know, it doesn't particularly instill confidence no. uh, potentially in you as as a, as, a, as an artist no. that you may be trying to build yourself up. I to think be. that's a really good point, Peter, because it's not just customers coming to buy your work who are going to look at your website. Mm. It's poss- It's potential employers. It's potential. Uh, galleries, all sorts of people. That will be something that they look at. Yeah, and media as well. You know, I've I've had a lot of you know oh, really? whether it's yeah. newspapers or articles, mm. and they will say, oh, "Is this information about you available on your yeah. website?" And of course, I can say it's yeah. all there. Please, you know, copy and paste that into whatever format you need to help promote totally. this workshop or this course or this uh, exhibition and event. It's already there. I don't have to keep emailing it to people. I've got all the relevant, appropriate information about me, what I do, why I do it. And that's for everyone to share and to dip and take it if they need it. I think that's a very good point. And the other thing is that if you uh, are being published anywhere, and you have a website, that's something that, say you have an article in a magazine or something like that, being able to give a website address to be printed immediately connects you with people. Yeah, it's just a marketing strategy. The more people that, you know, get onto your website, the more that there's a potential sale or custom to Well, it's almost like having a sort of virtual open door to your studio. It's it's welcoming people into your world in a kind of um, online way. Yeah. So let's go through, you know, mm. the typical artist's website and, and I suppose let's let's go through the different pages, if you like. So what I mean by that is what should a website for an artist include? You know, what are the absolute essentials to for it to have? So first of all, I think it needs some information on you. you know, whether Absolutely. It- yeah. I mean, I would think the, the sort of three crucial things that I would say uh, written need to be a CV, a biography and your artist statement. So kind of the timeline of your career, where you've come from and your achievements in your biography and then your artist statement about your work and what you do. Yeah. And it can, and, and the way that you, that can be formatted, it could be three very individual things or it can kind of amalgamate into one thing, but having that, information of who you yeah. are and what you're doing I think you know that's one of the first things that yeah, really, needs to be really there. important and then of course your work mm-hmm. <laughs> people want to see your visual work on on a site whether it's sculpture or two-dimensional having good quality photographs and yeah, presentation that, of your images is crucial that's something we're going to ask Mr B to take his headphones off and be interviewed on the subject of photography at some point he is a professional photographer and he's got lots of hints and tips for taking pictures of your work yeah, I'll swap places and I'll play I'll, I'll twiddle with all those dials and <laughs> well I'm glad it's going to be you Peter because I don't know what, what no I, do. I, I don't think I'll touch those no, no. But, um, but so having, we'll cover that in a podcast yeah, yeah. but having a, a sort of a virtual gallery of, of your work on on the website is crucial and you know keeping it up to date you know your, your best examples and of your put work information and, on there the title what the medium the size of it's very important yeah, yeah. and the price is also Absolutely. very important because people might go yeah oh, i, I get like very that. irritated when when there are no prices on a website because mm. 
it's just it's just frustrating is the work not for sale how do I find out about it all that kind of thing so just be very clear give all those details not everyone wants to know that but if they're there mm. then you can find out on mine I have a sort of a, a page that's sort of I think it's called loosely news but what's mm. going on at that moment so when someone clicks on my website and has a look it will tell you exactly what shows I am involved with yes, what exhibitions I'm yes, currently doing or and teaching yeah what yeah. venue I will be at next so it's, it keeps the website up to date and you know I've been on some websites where I've looked and it says here's what I'm up to today and it's 2015 and it's years really? ago and think, yeah Ooh. better to say nothing at all about what you're doing than yeah. to say to have it out of date yeah and that's something that we'll probably come back to. But keeping your website up to date is r- the number of times people apologise and say, oh, yeah, my website's a bit out of date. Instantly unprofessional. It's, it's, it's incredibly unprofessional. It just looks like you don't care. Yeah. You know, it's, it's essential to keep it up to date. Have a way for your audience, the people visiting your website, to contact you because there's a chance that they may want to purchase something or to reach out or engage with you in some way. And you can have a yes, page a dedicated form. to that on the website. Yeah. So a contact form or even yeah. just, you know, a link with your email, a place where they can get hold yeah. of you. And whether you put your phone number or your address of your studio, you know, obviously yes, choose how the private you want to be is correct. up to you. Yeah, choose the appropriate way for people to contact you. And you're also having maybe some of your social media if you are a social media user oh yeah having very on important the website to as well so people can click through and, and um, subscribe to your social media feed but with with the contact forms do get back to people oh, yeah. <laughs> they get in touch. i i had a conversation with an artist a little while ago and he was talking about oh yeah i get lots of emails from people and I said, oh, does that keep you very busy? He said, oh, well, I never reply to that. <laughs> and I just thought, why? You know, it's just rude. It's, yeah. It is rude. And it's unprofessional, yeah. really, at the end of the day. You, it is. It is. I mean, I, I know um, a couple of uh, artist friends and they mm. have, um, to, to help the, the, the balance of, it, it can be time consuming mm. of people writing mm. to you. So they have some stock answers written yes. in a, like a Microsoft Word document. Yes. And of course, and they just they and copy and paste. And that has the main bulk of information yeah. that they just sort of personalise I mean, I must, it a little bit. Yeah. That's one way to speed up that process. I mean, I have to say, I do that. I get a lot of inquiries about um, technical questions, about materials and things. Mm. And I have a stock reply, which is to give people details of um, suppliers and manufacturers. Okay. Because I always feel like if it's a detail about materials, talk to the the manufacturers and the suppliers. Yeah, it's not your job, it's is it? It's not to, to my represent- job. Correct. You know, there's something in it for them, basically. Mm, yeah. You know, there's gain for them. So I have a very polite letter that basically mm. pushes people in the right but direction. But does you on your website have sort of information on... Yeah, I mean, like I do have a resources materials. section that's as well. It. So that's something that you might consider if you want to be a little bit more generous with information. So my resources section, it has lots of hints and tips and oh, ideas and a list of suppliers and useful um, useful bits and pieces. And it's just a little bit extra that people can use. And a lot of people do use that. Mm. It's a bit website. like um, a blog as well. You know, that's, a, yeah. that's a wonderful way of yeah, providing content. Yeah, I have a blog as well, which oh, I've, I've ignored for months and now. <laughs> now this podcast has started, I am blogging regularly again. That's fantastic. So that's kind of a byproduct of the But uh, I mean, a blog is, is an opportunity for you to, I suppose, just give a bit of a deeper day-to-day insight into the way you work and why you do it, yeah. whether it's hints and tips on, on technique and so yeah. on. That it's just another way of allowing your audience mm. to 
to engage with you and your work just that little bit deeper. Well, I think we've, we've got an episode on writing, mm. so that'll cover things like blogs and stuff like that. But that is quite a useful part of websites. So whether you're designing the website yourself or you're outsourcing it to uh, another party, make sure that it, it works. And by that, I mean, make sure, you know, test mm. it, click these links when it takes you to the next page or to that. Because sometimes I've visited websites and I've been guilty of it of my own. And I've realised I've clicked a link and it's not gone anywhere oh, and it's right, taking okay. you off the page. So from a kind of practical point of view, make sure that it functions in the correct manner. Don't just assume that there's a page up there and leave it alone for years no, and years. Keep no, checking. it's really important. And also to proofread what's on there. Oh, gosh, make sure yeah. it's all spelt right. Make sure that if you've got any um, links to other websites, that's mm. all right. And if you're putting lots of photographs up, just be be careful that you've got the right photos in the right place. I mean, all that sort of general housekeeping yeah, yeah, stuff. Yeah. Because, and, and sort of things like, think really hard about the style of it. Keep it simple. Don't like have a, a mishmash of fonts, too many mm. fonts, things like that can get very confusing. Mm. I don't know about you, but I want to throw a brick at the screen if it, music, <laughs> music starts playing when I get oh, up yeah. on a website. Sometimes I like sort of, images just start moving independently I've not asked them to and I was just looking at something and then it disappears I think hang on a minute I was just engaging into that as well or it takes forever to load yes or it's so trendy that you have to work out how to access any information (laughs) that's that's another thing that I think artists websites can sometimes fall into because they can be kind of so up themselves. A bit, a bit too cool and swanky the the website becomes the art I mean the thing to remember is that most people have very little patience. Mm. They're clickety-clicking online, and if it doesn't happen instantly, they've clickety-clicked off to somebody else's website. Yeah. There's there's a whole... The other reason why it's quite important to maintain this sort of housekeeping, thus keeping mm. it updated and relevant, is that it keeps your website um, more visible. And by that, I mean it will come up um, kind of easier in Google searches right, and search so we're talking engine. Right, so about rankings here and Absolutely, being and easy to SEO, find. search engine optimization. People will find you more mm. if your website is active. If it's dormant, people... It slips away. It slips, it'll, it'll mm. disappear into ether of all those thousands mm. and thousands of other dormant websites out there. So by going in and mm. updating it and, and adding the mm. odd thing here, there and everywhere, trying to link it maybe to, if you do use social media uh, as, as a way to market your mm. work, try and link it into your website. Because if you are updating your social media and it's linked to your website, mm. you're always updating your website yes. that little bit every single time yeah. you, you post yeah. a picture on Instagram or Facebook. Well, I, yeah, I mean, in terms of sort of keeping things up to date, like, for example, every time I make a new artwork, we have a process where we get it photographed. And then I make an entry that logs it into my system and Mm. puts it into my gallery and everything appears on the website. So it's constantly being updated. So when you're designing your website or you're having someone design your website, really important that it's easy for you to get photographs onto that website and and captions and Mm. things so that you can keep your work up to date. Yeah. If it's a major faff to update your website, you're less likely to do it. And then you end up with one that's out of date very quickly. And don't be afraid to 
shout out about updating your website because by virtue of just doing a bit of housekeeping and updating pictures and information that gives you some information to market by Absolutely. telling your audience I've just updated my website Ooh, and of course you get a, a lot my more new layout. exactly a, yeah. and people will kind of go back in so mm. don't see it just as boring housekeeping and updating mm. see it as well actually this is a potential to get more people looking at me and my work and hopefully some sales and which- also um, on that front don't be afraid to redesign change colours refresh it completely Mm. you know i think it's important that you have a visual identity but that visual identity needs to develop as you do Mm. and change you know and quite recently i changed all the colors on my website and well actually mr s changed all the colors on my (laughs) website under my direction um and that's a completely new look for me so you know that's that's important too so let's talk a little bit about selling and for those people out there that want their website to do just that little bit more mm. for them, which is mm. directly selling to a customer base. Now, you do this quite successfully with your website yes, in a couple I of ways. Yes, I have two ways of selling on my website. The first is I have a shop. Now, the shop sells um, items. They do, it doesn't sell artworks. It sells things like greetings cards. Uh, a device that I sell for printmaking. So sort of goods. Like merchandise. Than, yeah, stuff, merchandise yeah. things. And that is a shop that I run in connection with PayPal, okay. which is a secure way for people to pay me. And it's actually um, quite a user-friendly thing to set up. PayPal obviously are aiming to make things easy for people to use their services as Mm. a buying and selling. It's also worldwide. It does all currency conversions, things like that. Mm. You do pay a commission to them for those services, but frankly, it's worth it because it's a secure platform that makes things very easy for you. So I sell through, um, through that. So people, just as they would on any online shop, put stuff in a basket, they go to a checkout, Mm -hmm. their order's placed, I get the message, I send the stuff to them. Mm. When it comes to buying my prints, it's a slightly different method because what will happen is that people will look in my gallery. If they want to print, they will also put it in a basket and then it sends an email to me and I then start a personal dialogue with them through email or I ring them up. So it's not just like bung it in the basket and off it goes it then becomes a personal discussion. Why, why do you do that? I do that because buying a print is, it's a sort of bigger thing hmm. than just buying merchandise from a shop. And we're talking about, when we talk about print, we're talking about we're an talking original, work, original of art, work, not work of like art, a, not like a cliche print or something. No, 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 no. It's, so if it's, a, it's an original print, it could be a significant amount of money. But hmm. even if it isn't, the fact is that they're buying something that's a one-off, it's a bit precious. Hmm. So... I get into a dialogue about how they want it delivered, how they send, how I'm going to send it to them, Mm. how it's going to be packaged. And that could range from simply putting it in a very sturdy tube and posting it. Mm. Or like I've just had a conversation with a lady who's buying a print who wants us to frame it and we're making arrangements to deliver it to her and things like that. So that allows a more personal experience for somebody Mm. who's buying something a bit more special than... So that's how I work with that. Mm. Mine's it's similar in, in that by as being a portrait artist. I, I was going to say you're dealing with commissions. Though, yeah, it's you, more of a bespoke a bit, service. Yeah. So um, it's what's important is that the information is readily available on the website. Mm. So how the commission process works, and I have it all clearly explained from kind of you know start, middle, and end. Uh, the sort of the timeline, if you like, of how our commission that's really process, important, isn't it? Because 
people knowing what to expect yeah. is, is a big part of them yeah. choosing to use your services. They need to kind of you know visualise it and, and see mm. if it fits in with their time frame. And then an example of, of a price list. So when it comes to bespoke work, it's mm. very difficult to give specific prices. But yeah, how do you, you manage you, that? You've got to give a sort of a, a starting point. So I mm. sort of say, well, if I, the absolute minimum I would do is is X, and it would the, the lowest point I would charge would be Y. However. It would be a little bit more if it's going to have this, that, and the other. So, so are you like those Renaissance painters who charge more for hands. Oh yeah, absolutely. The more, the more <laughs> you, you paint, want a hand, the more there, the more work you do, that the price has to reflect <laughs> that. But that's by having that basic information that they know. Okay, well, it's going to roughly cost this. It's going to roughly take so many months. Mm. Then, if they are interested, mm. then. I will say, please, you know, contact me directly. And then I can talk to them specifically about, you know, what my job list is like, you know, when I can start the project or is there a date, is there a deadline that they would like mm. uh, me to reach, whether it's an anniversary or a birthday or so But I think so that's, that's really interesting, Peter, because you are actually putting figures on the website. Yeah, and I, I know if I'm looking for something, even if I know it's not going to be a direct price on X, mm. an idea of prices Absolutely, is important. Because if, if, if there are no prices mentioned, I immediately imagine that it's off the scale in cost and don't pursue it Mm. which isn't necessarily the case so I think even if you're not prepared to put a price on your artwork on your website you could say my prices range from x to y or something like that yeah you've got to give some sort of indication and then through that hopefully they will They'll, if they're interested, they will get in touch with you, which is why yeah. it's so important to have that point of contact. And yeah. just like you, then you can kind of continue that dialogue and I suppose relationship between Absolutely. you know you artist and client and customer. Yeah. Yeah. And if you nurture that relationship, then hopefully you'll get to a satisfactory result, whether it's the sale of work or a commission or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Absolutely. So, I mean, on a little side note, I think that also when you have things on your website, uh, when you're selling through your website. It's just like being in a shop. You will have the occasional problem. You'll have maybe delivery problems or return Mm. problems and things like that. And again, you need to be accountable. You need to keep an eye on what's happening with orders, where they're going, where they're coming back. Mm. If you run an online shop, it's like running a shop. You have to be. You there, have yeah. to be accountable. In fact, for it, am I right in saying that I saw the talented Mr. B just quickly get back after delivering one of a piece of yours he at the post out office at lunchtime, didn't he? With a couple of deliveries because we'd had a couple of orders, and I'd pressed the "Your order is on its way" button, yeah. so no choice. Down to the post You've office to, to send those off. Yeah, you, you, you can't just sort of it. think, "Oh, next Friday it'll do." Mm. So you have to be accountable for that. So, what do you call your website? Thinking of a good name for your website, that's really important. Well, it's that, you know, it's got to do what it says on the tin, but Mm. it also, at the same time, has to represent you as your brand, you the the type of artwork that you want to produce and the type of artist that you wish to be. So, I mean, I have sort of... Name is always a good one. Name, you want to sort of protect your name. I think we both are websites and name. They're just our names, that's right. I mean, I think the problem is that if you are too clever about it and Mm. you think of something esoteric, people aren't going to necessarily think of you. They're going to think of the process you've named Mm. or something. So if you are, I don't know, a printmaker and you call it something like, I don't know, high pressure intaglio or something like that, Mm. which may be what you do, are people going to know that's you? Yeah, or you're going to sell materials for that. Are people going to search for that? Yeah. You know. 
So I think the potential flip side of that is for those artists out there that sort of don't want to be the face or the kind of the main branding identity of what they do, mm. they could choose something that is slightly distant. So they could sort of uh, thinking of happy paintings or something. Mm. So what that does is, of course, protects them as the artist. It might make them harder to find and well, give I them a sense of individuality. Then you have to focus on building that that brand name. Exactly. Yeah. You know, that's the trade off. If you have a brand name, you have to develop that to make mm. it as easy to find as your name. Yeah. Or you could have, I mean, for example, my son has two identities. He has his illustrator identity under one name, and then he has um, alternative work that he does under a pseudonym, mm. both of which are brands he yeah. I mean, so, I, I know a few artists that sell work in galleries and also websites under a pseudonym and just have a, mm. have a completely, almost like a split personality or yeah. multiple personalities. So you might even have two websites or whatever. Oh, you can yeah. have you know, multiple as websites as you, as, as you go kind of, but it's, mm. it's back to uh, what a website is. It's a point of information about you or your art and your mm. opportunity to say, this is what I do and how I do it. You've got so, to keep it to that. So you've thought of a fantastic name. But you have to register that name, don't you? Yeah, so that's called a, a sort of a domain, you know, your www.ivegotafabulousname.com. Yeah, so absolutely, <laughs> that's your domain name. And you there are domain registration services out there. Yeah, there's lots of, I suppose, you know, sh- shops, if you like, uh, places on on the on websites where you can buy a domain. And it's a little bit like um, like a car registration plate. You know, you can buy oh, right, a so unique... buying a personalised number plate. Yeah, yeah, you can buy that from, of course, any, any sort of... Uh, garage or provider of cars in the country but of course once that plate has been sold it is sold only to yeah. you and no so one else can replicate it. So you may find that you may not get your name of choice and you have to improvise yeah. a bit. I imagine www.art.whatever is probably gone because someone has yeah. bought it you won't be able to buy yeah, that. exactly. But see so if you can buy your name as a first point of call mm. and then from there... Yeah. See if you can find something else that's relative. And, and there's different sort of, uh, sorry to interrupt, like mm. dots. There's .co.uk and yep. there's .com and .org and .net. They're all sort of essentially the same thing yeah. in that people can get to your website. It mm. depends how, you know, do you want to own all of them just to kind mm. of guarantee everyone kind of funding yes, to your website? Yes, that's what I was just about to butt in and say. Yeah. It's... It's possible for very little money to buy up several domain yeah. names that would be useful to you. So we have in our time uh, rounded up a few and several of them we don't use, but it's like sort of a pound a year to mm. own them. Yeah. So it's handy to have them in case we were going to use yeah. them. So. And then once you have your sort of your domain name, your www.name, mm. it's then sort of linking that to a sort of a hosting site, which would have your website where either you would build it or someone would build it on your behalf mm. and you mm. connect that but daily. there's lots of information out there aren't there I mean, this, I mean there's, there's great if any of uh, people listening out there think well okay I'm curious to find a website where do mm. I go and there are so many different website providers um, there's a companies called Squarespace or Wix or GoDaddy and there are, there's too, almost too many to mention yeah I mean it's, that's just a few examples absolutely so and you know there. a lot of them are as we mm. explained to sort of in its basic form a template service where you can take that template, put your information on, buy the domain, connect mm. it, and then you're up and running. And of course, it can get more complicated and yeah, more. Yeah, I mean, don't be nervous about this because people, the the providers like this, they they are designed to hold your hand right through, absolutely, and to be um, very intuitive to use as well. You know, I think that um, certainly people are getting much more familiar with with designing on the web and things like that mm. and there's nothing to be afraid of mm. 
It's it's perfectly doable. So, Peter, what's our takeaway for this week? So, an artist website is essential. If you want to be discovered, found, you need to have one. If you want people to buy your work, the gateway to your virtual gallery will be your website. So make sure you have it up and running and keep it updated. Thank you. So thank you very much for listening. You can catch up with all the things we've covered during this episode in our show notes at askanartistpodcast.com, our example of how to run a website. And in the meantime, could you help us by subscribing to the show and telling all your would-be artist friends about us? 